Hey family, thanks for taking time out of your life to listen in. Hopefully you won't mind if I just talk to you. It's easier for me to say the things on my heart and in my mind when I love who I am talking to. And yes, I love you. Well, here's what I've been thinking about today. I did in order to help me study Come Follow Me for individuals and families better that I would jump on the podcasting bandwagon and start my own podcast. Um, I hope to use it as a way of expressing my thoughts and feelings and the things that I hold near and dear to my heart and almost as an audio journal. So I hope that you'll bear with me as I figure out what I'm doing, but really this is just for posterity and y'all know how weird and crazy I am already. So there's that. So what is this Come Follow Me program all about anyway, and why should I care about it? Well, the first paragraph in the Come Follow Me manual states that the aim of all gospel learning and teaching is to deepen our conversion and help us become more like Jesus Christ. For this reason, when we study the gospel, we're not just looking for new information. We want to become a new creature. This means relying on Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ to help us change our heart, our views, our actions, and our very natures. I want to be a new creature. But then we read that that kind of change doesn't happen all at once. It requires consistent daily efforts to understand and live the gospel. Like I said, I have a couple of different reasons why I wanted to make this podcast. The first is simply to have an audio recording of my personal thoughts and experiences I have while studying the Book of Mormon this year. I plan on using this podcast as a sort of journal so I can look back and remind myself of the tender mercies of the Lord and the miracles that I have been given because of my faithfulness in doing what the Lord and the prophet has asked me to do in studying Come Follow Me. The second reason is to help me to actually study the lessons ahead of time. My purpose in posting this podcast is to give myself the sense of accountability and to study out the lessons and present them to this pretend audience that listens to them. Well, the paragraph goes on to say that true conversion requires the influence of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost guides us to the truth. This is an interesting and somewhat new concept to me. I remember hearing it and internalizing it only a couple of months ago. But this truth is exciting to me. It tells me that the questions that I have in my mind are nudges from the Spirit, who is trying to direct me to greater learning and understanding. Questions aren't such a bad thing. Sometimes we forget that it was Joseph's questions that led to this restoration. And don't We always tell people, especially children, that there is no such thing as a dumb or a bad question. So we shouldn't be ashamed of our questions, and we shouldn't make others feel as though they can't ask us questions. I feel I should say that while studying the gifts of the Spirit in last year's Come Follow Me lessons, I was impressed that asking questions was actually a gift of mine. But that's not what this lesson's about. Continuing on in the manual, the Holy Ghost bears witness of that truth. He enlightens our minds, 
quickens our understandings, and touches our hearts with revelation from God, the source of all truth. The Holy Ghost is a member of the Godhead, and I feel that that's important to note at this time as well. The Holy Ghost purifies our hearts. He inspires us, in us, a desire to live by truth, and he whispers to us ways to do this. So the first and foremost thing we should do is seek the companionship of the Spirit. We should seek after whatever invites the influence of the Spirit and reject whatever drives that influence away. I think this is a very personal endeavor and just one way that we can show Heavenly Father that we are serious and we want His Spirit in our lives. President Nelson warned us that it will not be possible to survive spiritually without the guiding, directing, comforting, and constant influence of the Holy Ghost. So it is our job to do all we can to figure out how the Spirit speaks to us and we must follow the promptings we are given. I especially feel like um, a lot of talks in church and especially general conference are instructing us to figure out how the Spirit speaks to us. And I want to learn how the Spirit speaks to me before it's too late. Back to the manual. The Come Follow Me manual is a resource for you individually. It is designed to help you learn the gospel. It can help you develop good habits of gospel study and or it can make you study more, your study more meaningful. When the church first came out with Come Follow Me last year, I was so overwhelmed with all the perceived added responsibility I had to teach my children in my home. I searched Pinterest and joined Facebook groups to see how others were accomplishing this huge task. It was only a few weeks into the year, and I already felt like a total failure. I could never measure up to the moms who made treats every day and planned fun activities every night. I felt so out of my comfort zone and so over my head. I mean, I already felt like a terrible homemaker and a mom, and I worked full-time, when was I going to be able to get all of this done? I pretty much cried for the first three months of the year about this, especially to my husband. So I'm happy to see that the manual says that we should use this resource in any way that is helpful to you. Maybe it said that last year. I don't know. And I don't want to go back and look at it at this point. <laughs> but to me, that also means that even if you only do one or two things out of the entire manual, if it is helpful to you and you are trying, that is a great place to start. Don't beat, yourse don't beat yourself up if you don't discuss every topic covered every night of the week with all of your children sitting reverently, soaking it all in. Just do your best and God will multiply your efforts. It then instructs us to follow the Spirit's guidance to determine how to approach your own study of the Word of God. Don't compare your journey to anyone else's. We all have different journeys. Stop comparing. Just stop it. The manual tells us to liken the scriptures to our lives. What do the scriptures mean for me? How do they apply to me right now? I know that when I ask myself these questions, I can get more out of my study. Again, ask questions as you study. As you study the scriptures, questions may come to mind. These questions might relate to what you are reading 
or to your life in general? Ponder these questions and look for answers as you continue studying the scriptures. Use scripture study helps to gain additional insights. I love to buy books, especially gospel-related books. However, I'm not very good at reading them, and I'm more inclined to listen to podcasts or watch a YouTube video or search churchofjesuschrist.org for different perspectives or to add to my learning. I hope that this podcast might be an additional insight for someone. Consider the context of the scriptures. I recently heard on a podcast a woman share a story about how even the verse and Lehi dwell in a tent can mean so much more when we break it down further. When I figure out how, I'll link her podcast in the notes. (laughs) Anyway, I believe the name of her podcast is Come Follow Me for Us, and her name is Melanie Price Wellman. She has a couple of other podcasts, and I really like her. Again, though, record your thoughts and feelings. Mark your scriptures, keep a journal or whatever works for you, or start a podcast. Study the words of Latter-day Prophets and Apostles. Share insights. Discussing insights from your personal study is not only a good way to teach others, but it also helps strengthen your understanding of what you have read. For me, similar to writing, sometimes just saying things out loud helps me to make sense of them, and it confirms to me the truthfulness of the things that I'm saying out loud. I think sometimes people get irritated in Sunday school that I overshare, but really, when else am I in a room with 20 other people that have the same beliefs that I do? And who better to ask questions than people that have the same beliefs as I do, but have different life experiences so they are able to bring a different perspective and help me learn. Lastly, live by what you learn. Scripture study should not only inspire us, but also lead us to change the way that we live. Listen to what the Spirit prompts you to do as you read, and then commit to act on those promptings. I just had the thought that maybe if we write down the promptings, we think we are having, and as we reflect on them, they'll become harder to ignore. If you write it down somehow, maybe it's not just a fleeting thought that you had. Would you ignore it if you knew it came directly from the Spirit? I doubt it. But if you don't know that the thought came from you or the Spirit, pray about it. But in general, I believe if something is good, just do it anyway, even if you feel weird. All good things come from God. And God won't let you do something wrong without warning you about it first. Next, the manual gives ideas to improve your family scripture study. It invites us to ponder a few questions. How can you encourage family members to study the scriptures on their own? Well, for my family, I think that is about all I can do. Encourage them. I also think that as they see me studying the scriptures, they will be more inclined to do so on their own. However, what is right for me might not be what's right for you. And what is right for me today might not be what's right for me tomorrow. So I'm going to try my best to follow the Spirit. But what can you do to encourage family members to share what they are learning? Well, I think that we're going to try having discussions where the kids will 
already have read the lesson or at least a couple of scriptures and ask them to come prepared to share something they learned or maybe to ask a question about something that they didn't understand or if they need us to clarify anything. And then the last question is, how can you emphasize the principles you are learning in the Book of Mormon in everyday teaching moments? This is a question that I've been thinking about for a long time. For me, I think it means don't be afraid to talk about the things that we learn and how they relate to us in what we are going through right now. Um, I know growing up, we would wake up early before school every day and read scriptures. And I got really good at reading out loud and sleeping at the same time. I don't know how many times I read through the Book of Mormon with my family, but I honestly can't remember ever really getting anything out of the scriptures other than my brain splitting off into two separate places. And that's something that I'm still recovering from. But I mean, growing up, we did the, we did the reading, but we never had the conversations about it. There was no discussion. There was nothing like when me and my sisters were fighting, my parents would never be like, oh, if you guys were just like Nephi and I don't know. You know, like there was just no application to it. There was no discussion. It was just something that we did because we were supposed to do it. And I'm okay with that most of the time. But I feel like, especially now, we're past that point. There needs to be more than just doing something because you're supposed to be doing it. And I want to get the most out of this. So, I don't know. You know, like, just telling your kids if they're fighting, like, Jesus said, be a peacemaker, you know, I don't know, somehow bring it back to whatever we can try to draw on what you are just reading from to apply it to your life today. Um, It lists more suggestions, but the last two that stand out to me are um, one, ask a question before, during or after your study session, ask questions and kind of already talked about that. And then two, it says display a scripture. Select a verse you find meaningful and display it where family members will see it often. Invite other family members to take turns selecting a scripture to display. For years, I've had the thought to buy one of those digital picture frames and just make my own pictures on the computer um, with scriptures on them that I can change as I want. Or I can have several in there and kind of do like a slideshow. Then it goes through them every couple of minutes or whatever. It's on rotation. But I think that's kind of a good idea. But... I don't know. I just have ideas and not very good at executing my ideas. But it also lists additional resources. But the one that I wanted to mention here is True to the Faith. It is an alphabetical list of gospel topics explained in simple terms. And I think sometimes it gets overlooked or forgotten. Um, It's a book that they hand out to the youth. So I think people think, oh, it's just for youth. And I don't know why adults don't think things that are for the youth pertain to them. Because guess what? They do. Um, We just don't like to act like they do. But anyway, I like to turn to it when someone asks an outlandish question in Sunday school or when people start inserting their own doctrine. Um, It does help keep things simple. And sometimes adults like to overcomplicate things. And so if we just rein it in and keep it simple, I think that helps me a lot.
Um, The last page of the introduction is titled Prophetic Promises. It says, studying the Book of Mormon will change you. It will change your family. Latter-day prophets have made promises about the power of the Book of Mormon since the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints was restored. Review the promises regularly and think about which of these blessings you want to receive. Record and share with others how these promises are fulfilled in your life. Um, The prophet Joseph Smith said, I told the brethren that the Book of Mormon was the most correct of any book on earth and the keystone of our religion, and a man would get nearer to God by abiding by its precepts than by any other book. In high school and in my early adult years, I really liked to read self-help books, and I was always reading them to try to be better, but for whatever reason, I didn't feel like I was getting the growth that I wanted. And this um, quote popped into my head, and I realized that I was spending my time reading the wrong books that the Book of Mormon is the best self-help book that there is, and that if I wanted to change and be more like my Savior, that that was the self-help book that I needed to turn to. Um, President Ezra Taft Benson said, It is not just that the Book of Mormon teaches us truth, though it indeed does that. It is not just that the Book of Mormon bears testimony of Christ, though it indeed does that, too. But there is something more. There is a power in the book, which will begin to flow into your lives the moment you begin a serious study of the book. You will find greater power to resist temptation. You will find the power to avoid deception. You will find the power to stay on the straight and narrow path. The scriptures are called the words of life, and nowhere is it more true than it is of the Book of Mormon. When you begin to hunger and thirst after these words, you will find life in greater, a greater abundance. There's a couple of things that I really love about the quote, um, but I like how often the word power is used. Um not something that I'm ready to delve into just yet in the introduction, but think about the other words that we associate the word power with and um, what that makes you think of. And then I like the last part where it says you will find life in greater and greater abundance. And, you know, sometimes you just think, oh, I just have this small, insignificant life, and I'm just, I don't know. Does it even matter that I am here? And how awesome that is that you will have greater and greater abundance. And I don't think that means abundance in like material things, but it's just, I think it's more like joy and you know, you will have an abundant life. Like you will feel like you are living life to the fullest. And I definitely need that in my life. 
President Gordon B. Hinckley said, Brothers and sisters, without reservation, I promise you that if you will prayerfully read the Book of Mormon, regardless of how many times you previously have read it, there will come into your hearts an added measure of the Spirit of the Lord. There will come a strengthened resolution to walk in obedience to His commandments, and there will come a stronger testimony of the living reality of the Son of God. Sorry, I thought I read that wrong. President Russell M. Nelson said, My dear brothers and sisters, I promise that as you prayerfully study the Book of Mormon every day, you will make better decisions every day. I promise that as you ponder what you study, the windows of heaven will open and you will receive answers to your own questions and direction for your own life. I promise that as you daily immerse yourself in the Book of Mormon, you can be immunized against the evils of the day, even the gripping plague of pornography and other mind-numbing addictions. So, because I'm really OCD, I typed all this out, and you can probably tell that I'm reading most of it, but I just had the thought, you know, like, I've really been trying to be intentional about my thoughts during the sacrament, and um, I've really been trying to repent during the sacrament, you know, for for the little things, and it's usually swearing and yelling at my kids and not being patient. And it's little, they're little things, but I struggle with them. The struggle is real. But just, um, I don't know, just something in that. Let's see if I can see what it says again. I don't know. Oh, to make the better decisions every day. You know, like, it's really hard for me when I'm angry and I'm an angry person to think rationally, to slow down my breathing, to count to 10, you know, like, but if I, it just, you know, it tells me I can make a better decision every day when I prayerfully study the Book of Mormon every day. And that's what I've been praying for, for her the last months, you know, in the sacrament prayer, like to help me to be better, to help, help me to have more patience. And I know you're not supposed to pay for, pray for patience because then, you know, anyway. And then, um, the other thing that I kind of, I know people would, will hate, but you know, like people think, oh, pornography is a men's, men's problem. And then the, but the last part is other mind numbing addictions, Right now, one that one of my kind of somewhat mind-numbing addictions is like podcasts. Hopefully not this podcast, but um, no, I get sucked into like true crime podcasts and it's, I can see it's a waste of time. Like I've cut out so many things that are a waste of time, but I'm really good at replacing them. And so right now it's true crime podcasts. I got to cut them out. They're just mind numbing addictions. And so I guess I need to be in the Book of Mormon every day so that I can be immunized against that. And then um, I, let's see, is this one? Yeah. Um, okay. So I just kind of wanted to close with this thought, um, by elder David A. Bednar. He taught us that each family prayer, each episode of family scripture study, and each family home evening is a brushstroke on the canvas of our souls. No one event may appear to be very impressive or memorable, 
but just as the yellow and gold and brown strokes of paint complement each other and produce an impressive masterpiece, so our consistency in doing seemingly small things can lead to significant spiritual results. I picture myself, after I have died, presenting this painting to the Savior. I want to have painted a a masterpiece, even with a few imperfections, I would be okay with that. I want to look at my life and feel like I can honestly say that it it was a masterpiece because of him. What am I going to do to make sure that I am painting a masterpiece? If we're literally talking about painting right now, like I need all the help that I can get. What am I going to do today to add to it? What kind of painting do you want to present to the Savior? Um, I don't really know how I want to end this. You know, I just think we know what we're supposed to do. We know what we're supposed to do. But we don't do it. I don't do it. It's hard to do it. Is it really that hard? It's not that hard. It's not that hard. Stop beating ourselves up. Stop beating myself up. Give myself... Give myself some slack. But... I'm doing this podcast to be accountable, not just to myself, but I mean, I've been locked in my closet for an hour trying to record this and you can hear my husband and my kids and everybody in the background, but this time is precious and I want to show my heavenly father and my savior that I love them and I want to put them first in my life. And, you know, we've heard the analogy, you know, if you fill up a vase with sand first, with the, which is just all the little fluff stuff, like, yeah, I have to go to work, but, you know, like, I don't know, just whatever fluff stuff is in your life. And then you try to put rocks in, or water, I don't know. Anyway, Heavenly Father and Jesus need to come first. And when I put them first in my life, I will have time for the other things. And the things that I don't have time for, guess what? I guess they weren't that important. Anyway, I'm excited for this year. I'm excited to study the Book of Mormon. Um, I... Did President Nelson's challenge the other year when he challenged the women to read the Book of Mormon? I did that. I crammed it into 10 days. And not that those were the easiest 10 days of my life, but my eyes were open in a way that they had never been opened to before. Opened before. My, I was able to see things that I'd never seen before in my life. And I was able to see how the 
the Book of Mormon was written for me and how it relates to me. And I'm excited to feel that again. I'm excited to to share what I'm learning with my family. And I hope to be an example to my children especially that they can see that even though life is hard for me, I can find comfort when I read the scriptures and I hope that I hope that you can see that too. Anyway, I don't know if I'm supposed to close this in the name of Jesus Christ, but I don't know. I don't know if I've really shared a good testimony. So I will just leave this to be continued when we start First Nephi. Thanks for listening. I love you. Bye, family.